Dig a Bit, a podcast for women who want to dig into the meat of God's Word for a bit. We are glad you have taken a few minutes out of your day to listen. Our host is Cindy Colley from thecolleyhouse.org. Now grab your Bible and let's dig in. Hi, this is the last dig a bit for the year, the last dig a bit for the month of December. I hope you're getting ready for the new year. I hope you're making lots of good resolutions. More importantly, I hope that you will be able to keep those resolutions that are spiritual in nature. Happy, happy holidays. I'm going to take just a moment today on number two in our lesson about glory for the month of December. It says there, if you're reading from the Bible, read 1 Samuel chapters 10 through 14. And if you're reading from the book, read chapter 2. In either case, it says, do a little bit of research and identify any children of Saul's first wife, Ahinoam. Which child of Ahinoam later glorified God in his treatment of David, even when it became very difficult? Well, I hope that by now, since we are at the end of the month, that you have discovered that we're talking about Jonathan, the child of Ahinoam, who was very, very loyal to David, even against the... um, persecution of his own father Saul in spite of his father's selfishness. Jonathan grew up to be a very caring and compassionate friend to David and she or someone, Ahinoam, Saul's first wife or someone, raised an unselfish man. So the question was, can you find some women in scripture who glorified God through having children of faith. And I believe that those are a legion in the Bible, especially if we just look at the lives of adult people and we say, well, his mom must have done something right. And maybe that's maybe that's valid and maybe that is the case sometimes as we're looking through scripture. But I want us to notice four men of God who in our study of scripture, it becomes very clear to us that the mom had something to do with the faithfulness or the glorification of God through the life of the child. The first one that I wanted us to notice was Jochebed with Moses. In Hebrews chapter 11, we read as much about Jochebed. I'm turning over there right now, Titus, Philemon, Hebrews. And when we get to Hebrews chapter 11, we're reading this Faith's Hall of Fame, and we read here that by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents. Well, whose faith was that? That was obviously not Moses' faith that hid him. It was the faith of his parents, and they saw that he was a goodly child or a proper child, and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. And so then by faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Moses had a great and steely determination to be God's man. And he was the meekest man in all the earth. We see him described that way later on. He was a great man who went through great trials faithfully to God. And we know that he finally went on to glory because he was called back, you remember, at the Mount of Transfiguration along with Elijah and Christ. He was standing there talking with the Christ about the coming glorification of Christ. And so we know that he was a faithful and saved man of God. 
but we also know that it had something to do with his mom's decision, mom's and dad's decision here in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 23 and 24, we see that. And we also know that it likely had a lot to do with Jochebed personally, because back in the book of the early book of Exodus, remember she was the one who was chosen to be the nursemaid of Moses by the intervention of little Miriam in the early chapters of Exodus. So we know that her direct imprint was upon Moses in his early years. We also know that Moses brought glory to God through his lifetime, through the decisions that we, we that he made because we have the specific mention of that glory. We have that in Exodus chapter 16 verse 17. We have it in Leviticus 9 verse 6. And we have it in Numbers chapter 16, verse 42. So here we have a direct line from godly motherhood to glory for God through a son. We also have it, I believe, in Elizabeth and John the Baptist. When we turn to John chapter 1, verses 6 through 15, well, we we read about Elizabeth in the earlier Gospels, and we read especially about her glorifying God in the early chapters of Matthew. If you want to turn there really quickly, we'll just look at that real quickly. Matthew, and let's look at Matthew chapter 2, I believe it is. That's where Jesus was born in Bethlehem. And let's look, well, we have in chapter 3, John the Baptist coming, preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And in chapter 3, we have Jesus coming to John the Baptist for his baptism. And that's where we have that great moment of glorification when the heavens were opened and the Spirit of God descended like a dove and lit upon our Savior. And the voice from heaven came and said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Now let's turn over to the book of Luke. The book of Luke. And let's look at the early chapters of the book of Luke. We have quite a bit about John the Baptist in that book. We have the revelation by Gabriel to Zechariah that a son was going to be born and that he was going to be the forerunner of the Lord Christ. We have that in Luke chapter 1. They had no child, verse 7, because Elizabeth was barren. And while he was executing the office of the priest before God, according to the custom of that office, the whole multitude of the people, verse 10, were praying without, and there appeared an angel of the Lord. And two, Zacharias was promised a son, and the angel identified himself in verse 19 as Gabriel. And then Zacharias spends a while um, praising, and we have that in, in chapter 2 of Luke, and we have, um, we have there Mary coming to Elizabeth, and the baby leaping in her womb, and Elizabeth being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, this is the mother of, of John the Baptist, 
And she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And whence is this to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? We have Elizabeth here being humble, being faithful, and even being prophetic here. For lo, as soon as the voice of your salutation sounded in my ears, the baby leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she who believed, for there shall be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. And then Mary gives her what we sometimes, what sometimes is called over in Israel and in songs that we sing, the Magnificat. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. And then Elizabeth in verse 57, her full time came that she should be delivered and she brought forth a son and her neighbors and her cousins heard how the Lord had showed great mercy on her and rejoiced with her and it came to pass that on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child and they called him Zacharias but his mother said no he will be called John and they made signs to his father how he would have him to be called and of course um, here in this chapter Zacharias proclaimed his name John and then we have his father beginning in verse 67 this is what I spoke about a while ago his father Zacharias being also filled with the Holy Ghost and saying blessed is the Lord God of Israel for he has visited and redeemed his people and raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David verse 71 so that we could be saved from our enemies and the hand of all that hate us to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant he just goes on and on about jesus and thou verse 76 child shall be called the prophet of the highest for you will go before the face of the lord to prepare his ways to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of their sins through the tender mercy of our god whereby the day spring from on high has visited us verse 79 is an important verse to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. We don't have the word glory here, but we have an obvious, obvious prophetic glorification of Jesus Christ from the mouths of both the mother and the father of John the Baptist here. Was John the Baptist a child who because, partly because of the influence of his mother, his godly mother and father, do we have a child who was going to later glorify God? Well, of course we do. Look at John, the Gospel of John, chapter 1. And I want us to look at verse 6 beginning in John chapter 1 and see this great description of the glory that John was going to bring to Christ, to God himself, by the ministry that God had given him. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This is John 1 verse 6. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light. What light? The light that the parents had talked about back in the beginning of the book of Luke. That all men through him might believe. He was not that light. But he was sent to bear witness of that light. What is that but glorification of the light of God? That was the true light which lights every man who comes into the world. He was in the world and the world was made by him. And then it goes on to talk about Jesus. And the world knew him not. He came into his own. Then we go ahead and read on down. And then verse 15. John bare witness of him and cried saying, This is he of whom I spake. He who comes after me is preferred before me. 
for he was before me, and of his fullness have all we received in grace for grace. What is that but the glorification of the Son of God in the life of John the Baptist? And it is that glorification that was, I know the Holy Spirit is speaking here, and I know the Holy Spirit was speaking through Zechariah and Elizabeth back at the beginning of the book of Luke. But we have faithful hearts here. We have a faithful mother here who raised up a son according to the will of God, a son who could glorify God, preparing the way for Christ. Then I wanted us to notice Mary herself with Jesus. Of course we have something special going on with Jesus. Of course we have a miraculous birth. We have a life that was going to be lived with total perfection as was the will of the Father in glorification of Him. But we also have a faithful mother who was used as a tool for that. We read her words in Luke 2. Well, we, we read a lot of her words at the beginning of the book of Luke. But if we look at that precious account in Luke chapter 2, let's look specifically at verse 9. The angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. That's what happened to the shepherds, the glory that occurred at the birth of our Lord Jesus. But who was it there that was travailing? Who was it there that was giving birth in a manger? Well, it was that godly woman, Mary, who was the tool God was using for the glory that was going to come to all the world. Luke 2, verse 32, I think, mentions glory as well. We look at that and it says, A light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. Um, we're, we're talking about the word, doxa, here. We're talking about the glory of God. And we're talking about a mere woman, just like you and me, who was given this amazing opportunity to be the tool for the glory of God through her naturally delivered, not naturally conceived, but naturally delivered son, who was also the son of God. That's an amazing thing to think about, glory through a child from the natural delivery of Mary. And then we read about Eunice and Lois in the books of 2 Timothy. In 2 Timothy 1 verse 5 beginning, I'm going to turn over there. You might want to turn over there with me. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 5. This is the last of the writings of Paul. And when we look here, we read, Paul says, I greatly desire to see you, verse 4. I'm mindful of your tears. I want to be filled with joy when I am filled with joy, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned or the sincere unhypocritical faith that is in you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that is in you also. If that's all we had, we would know that Lois and Eunice, mother and grandmother, were able to put faith and the ability to glorify God in young Timothy. But that's not all we have. We have 2 Timothy 3 verse 15, and I know that you're familiar with 2 Timothy 3 verse 15 where it says all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, for correction, instruction in righteousness so that the man of God might be thoroughly furnished unto all good works. What is that but the ability to glorify God in every good work that we do? And that was put into Timothy 
verse 15, from a child, from a baby, you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise to salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. We put that together with the passage that we just read in 2 Timothy 1 verse 5, and we understand that Lois and Eunice, grandmother and mother, were the tools through which God put this ability to glorify himself in young Timothy. Did Timothy use that gift? We read about that in a lot of places, but I want us to turn specifically right now over to Acts chapter 16. While you're turning there, let's think about what this would be, missionary journey of Paul the Apostle. And it says there, Then came he to Derby and Lystra, and a certain disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a certain woman who was a Jewess and who believed, but his father was a Greek, indicating that perhaps Timothy's father was even an unbeliever which was well reported of by the brethren that were at Lystra and Iconium. Wouldn't that just add a great deal of weight to the influence of his mother and grandmother? His father was a Greek, but his mother and grandmother were believers. They were Jewish believers. Him would Paul have to go forth with him, and he took and circumcised him because of the Jews that were in those quarters. They went through the cities. They delivered them decrees to keep, and so were the churches established and increased in number daily. Paul and Timothy are doing this. Timothy is bringing glory to the infant church here in Acts chapter 16. And after they were come to Mysia, they went to Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus, they wanted to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus suffered them not. They passed by Mysia. They came to Troas. A vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. On the Sabbath, verse, verse uh, 13, we went out of the city by a riverside where prayer was wont to be made. And who did they run into there? Well, obviously, obviously this is the chapter about the conversions of Lydia and the jailer. I'm just telling you that at the beginning of this chapter that where great glory was, was going to happen for God. In fact, the prison was about to be open where Paul and Silas were. At the beginning of this chapter launching us into this great glorification of God, we have a young man named Timothy whose mother and grandmother put the word of God in him. And he was, at least at, at this point, the partner of the great apostle Paul who was taking the light to the Gentiles. A son glorifying God because of the faithful work of a mother and grandmother. I hope you're having a great day. I hope you are seeing the correlation between our parenthood and the glorification of God through our children. I hope that you, along with me, along with um, my husband and myself and many other couples around our country with whom I talk on almost a daily basis who are trying to be the kind of parents God want, wants them to be, I, I hope that you pray every day that not only your children, but your grandchildren and every generation that follows from your little nuclear family will always faithfully serve the Lord and that all of your descendants will be around the throne of God. I pray for this every day. I pray for my Hannah and my Caleb and for their spouses, but for little Maggie, who is Caleb's daughter, and for her future spouse, for Ezra and Colleanna, who are 
Hannah's children and for the spouses that they will one day marry. I pray that my children are making faithful and wise decisions even today in their parenting so that God's glory can be manifested through the generations of my family. We're not worthy of the privilege of that, but I pray that God through his mercy will give us that because I want every single generation of our family to be around the throne of God. I hope that you're praying that too. I hope that we can glorify God through our children and through our grandchildren. Have a great day. If you find yourself in Huntsville, Alabama, we'd love for you to worship with us at West Huntsville Church of Christ at Providence, 1519 Old Monrovia Road, Northwest. Sunday morning worship begins at 9 a.m., followed by Bible classes for all ages. We meet again at 5 p.m. for evening worship and at 7 on Wednesday night. Dig a Bit is a production of Digging Deep in God's Word, a Bible study for women. For more information, visit thecolleyhouse.org.